What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Dogs Basketball Podcast here on Arch Madness Game Day. It's been a long time coming, what we've all been waiting for this whole time, this whole regular season, this whole season in general. And we're getting it somewhat back to normal. We know last year was tough in that regard. In 2020, we actually got our or we got Arch Madness through before the pandemic hit, and then everything else was scrapped. So we've had it consistently now but this one seems a lot more free a lot more there's still restrictions of some kind but we're happy to be there and like it had been years prior I'm Nick Malone joined by Noah Lurch no it's Thursday we know there's games tonight we will be in attendance we're making the trip here soon we wanted to knock this episode out we're looking forward to these games tonight obviously leading into tomorrow oh yeah it's gonna be a uh it's gonna be some good games tonight to kick off um even though it's um, everybody dreads playing on Thursday night, but, uh, two good matchups. Uh, what were, we saw twice, um, when both these teams went head to head in the regular season. And, uh, um, yeah, it's, this is, uh, once March gets here, it's the most exciting time of the year, um, for college basketball fans. And, uh, yeah, like you said, we're getting ready to head up there this afternoon. And, uh, yeah, it's the, it's the weekend for the best conference tournament in the country, uh, a lot of fans feel that way, and uh, we're excited for it. Yeah, it's it's so great that this is what kicks off. I mean, there's other conference tournaments going on too, but like the official, like absolute, like Division One, like just in general. I think this just kicks off everything as we know, and that's what makes it great as well. So what we'll talk about, yeah, those great games, and even Illinois State and Indiana State, they just played each other too. They're like us and Drake, so they got a a nice feel for each other right off the bat at the end of the regular season. We'll jump into that game, the other game, and then all the games. And we'll even have our predictions. And we'll even have, obviously, all the award picks came out. We will discuss those. A lot to talk about on those. And some snubs, some some misses, some hits. We'll get into all that uh, uh, forthcoming. But, Noah, let's kick off this podcast talking about Cade. We know he's in his regionals. And it looks like he plays tomorrow, 4 o'clock in his regional semifinal game. Yeah, it's a, it's a big game for him. Um, we know that their, uh, their goal all year was to uh, win a state title. We heard Cade talk about it. And, uh, yeah, what, what we've seen for them all year is that they haven't played it. Um, they're dominant in most of their wins. Um, so uh, it's exciting to see. Um Hopefully it's a closer game. We know their first round matchup uh, was a blowout. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, the last game they won by 17. Uh, some guys who cover the team down there in Texas uh, had a highlight of their whole team. And they can shoot. They can score. They're a fun team, it looks like. Yeah, so they get some other team at 4 o'clock. Like I said, I love how their floor burned high. I just love that they instill that. And I'm sure, like like we've said before, that has a lot to do with the effort. Because Cade's talked about his coach and how the you know the similarities between him and Brian that Cade mentioned. And I think it's just a perfect fit in general. And there was mutual interest amongst whoever, us and him, to get a deal done long ago. So we'll continue to follow him as time goes on, maybe into the offseason or not, about his status. So definitely want to get that out there. We know for Arch Madness – they posted yesterday of the uh, switch from the ice to the court. It's really incredible how they do all that. Ready to go for tonight. 
and this weekend. So Noah, let's let's jump into some some smaller awards that we actually just found out today. Um, before we get into the other awards that were uh, Marcus, him and AJ Green, co-scholar athletes of the year, which is really cool. The whole team for that is those two, Ben Cricky, Rinkmast, Roman Penn, and Sturts. Second team, we have a couple guys represented on here, but Chris Knight, Thomas Kithier, Stephen Verplanken Jr., Josiah Strong, Kyler Filowich, and Nate Heiss. And then even honorable mentions, our boy at Tate Hall, Shanquan Hemphill, and Billy Tavanine. And no, this is cool. We know Marcus is good in the classroom. Our whole team is. This is cool. We know AJ Green. I'm sure along with both their talents, those two have definitely, if they were comeback players of the year, because Jay, because AJ won the player of the year, we'll get to that. He, he could obviously be comeback player of the year. Marcus would be the comeback on all comeback team, it seems like. Those two leading the way in the classroom and on the court, that's a smart first team they got there. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I like how they include their, um, their degree. Um, it's interesting to always see what guys are going into. Um, as Marcus is going into sports administration, AJ is going into movement and exercise science. Um, Rick Matt's going into physics. So um, a lot of smart guys on all these teams. Um, yeah, it's uh, good to see that. Obviously, we know um, what's not only basketball is important for student athletes. A student, It's student first, obviously, especially at SIU. Brian Mullins and his staff preach that. Um, so. Um, Big award. Um, we know we have we've had our, our team had their highest GPA in, in their history. So it's uh, good to see that some guys are getting rewarded for that. Yeah. And Marcus had a 4.0 in sport administration, which is incredible. That's what that's the degree I had. Uh, and it's a good deal that they got going on there. So that's what a lot of athletes choose to do. I had I had classes with Zevion Fork Run. I had classes with a bunch of people, mainly football players. I never saw any basketball, but. They are entrenched in that. It's good to see. Yeah, that is the utmost of awards you could probably receive. I would definitely agree with that. It's student first, 100%. So now, Noah, let's get into these, these picks that we were honestly, and going back to our predictions, some of these we were spot on for. Some of these we were blindsided by at first. In terms of when they announced them, let's go over them. Um, some of these we don't have any gripes with. We'll start out with one that we definitely don't have. Tucker winning freshman of the year. Overwhelming. No, I don't know if you saw the, the votes for this. We saw votes for other for the other final awards. I wonder what the – no one else got other first-team votes. This might have been the most unanimous freshman of the year, maybe even award in Valley history. Yeah, um, his name has been etched in that trophy since uh, the beginning of the year. I mean – Stepped um, on campus. Oh, yeah. As soon as he got there, I mean, yeah, it's just – yeah, there were probably – they didn't – there's no need to show the voting because – it was anonymous. Uh, he's just, I mean, this freshman class, I mean, some guys are red shirt and that could maybe put up a fight, but uh, other than that, yeah, it's just shows you how obviously he's a great player and obviously he got another um, pretty good award going along with the freshman of the year, but, uh, and named another team, a couple other teams, but uh, yeah, it's just, this freshman class is just not what we're used to. I mean, we were we went back and talked about the last couple of years, freshmen, all freshman teams, and those teams would blow this team out of the water. Oh, one hundred percent. I mean, Marcus or uh, Tucker's the best freshman we've seen since Marcus, especially scoring wise. We know 
we had a pretty good freshman class last year. We recall that team. I mean, it had Edwards, it had Kyler, it had Mast, it had Bowen, it had last year's class was way more deeper than this one. But Tucker had this, yeah, they had the best freshman year prize since Marcus, even though Marcus won newcomer. But I'm sure Tucker had a a high thing for that award as well. Noah, just going on the line here. This is one we have a gripe with. Lucas Williamson, as we knew, was probably going to win. You could have said this, and this is one thing I've said about Lance is he's improved at every and different categories throughout his career. His first year, he was just a freshman. He played, he played hard. He did what he had to do. He was a great freshman. Last year, he was a great shooter. This year, he improved his defense to an ultimate level. So, like, like I've said before, if you like, I don't know what it could be next year. I guess, you know, efficiency and consistency that if he, he's just a five tool player, it's what it seemed like. And this year he's honed in on that defense. And it would have seemed like he would have ran away with not going to not ran away. And even, you know, he had a lot of steals before. When I go to you, I'll go back and look at the amounts of all the of some of these players that should have been up for this even more. Lance had an incredible amount of steals. He almost had two on the season, as we know, like one point nine or two on the dot. He probably deserved this. We know Lance has changed, changed, and this isn't biased. So I mean, we we watch Lance all the time. We know his impact. I'm saying before, some guy will be going up to the rim and easy bucket, and he'll swipe it from him and take it on a fast break. I'm not saying Lucas can't do that, but Lucas, it seemed like he was expected to be this. And if you unless you had somebody that came out of nowhere, like Lance did kind of to almost earn this, it seemed like he would have been a fair shot. But in the end, we know Lucas is a great defender. It might not be that big of a gripe, but we thought Lance had a great shot. Yeah, absolutely. Um, leading the league in steals, obviously, it snuck below um, just under two at 1.9. So, uh, but yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we made our picks, I said we both know it's going to go to Lucas, but we definitely both picked um, Lucas Luke, or Lance because he led the league in steals and he, he obviously, Lucas guarded the other team's best player a lot of the times too, but. Um, yeah, it's not biased at all. I mean, Lance, I would like to see the voting for this because um, it couldn't have been. Lance should have been neck and neck with him. Um, but like we said, as it happens a lot, and it happened in a lot of, in a lot of other awards that uh, a lot of the writers know your name and they vote for you just off your name. Exactly. Lance had 56 steals this year. Lucas had 36. He had nine blocks. I didn't look at Lance, Lance's blocks. I think he only had a couple. Uh, but other guys know that stick out for this award. We we ended up knowing that like Sturts ended up second in steals. I remember we had Terry pick for the all defensive. We might as well jump to that after this. Sturts had uh let's see, 20 or 43 steals. So yeah, I mean, just that's how you and Noah, somebody that will be someone else who had a, a lot of people had gripes, and that's the thing. Lucas guards the other team's best player. That's what I've said with Donovan Clay. It's like if, if they don't put up the you know the stats per se, and he did definitely the more we looked at him but the field goal percentage against I would love to know that I'm sure Lucas is really high the one game that sticks out that wasn't high on was the game that Mosley dropped 40 on them in Chicago and I that's that's probably Lucas's number one like you're guarding this guy hands down that's probably the number one matchup in the whole league for sure is those two on one another and Lucas you know didn't do that great in that game and I think Lance has done a relatively okay job on mostly at times so it's interesting you know it's and that's not even maybe the biggest gripe we just knew Lance had a had a huge chance for that so no jump real fast let's go over the all defensive team we'll jump into some of those other guys yeah all defensive team uh 
started with obviously Lucas. Lance was on there. Uh, DJ Wilkins from Drake, which was interesting to see on there. Um, Ayurugak, which uh, we all know what the defensive player he is. And Donovan Clay, um, which is well-deserving. Um, yeah, it's surprising. Um, no Gage Prim, no Malevi Leons. Um, even Garrett Sturts from Drake, uh, I mean, he he was second in steals and he was top five in rebounding. So, um, which that's the thing right there. Um, obviously, I don't understand it how defensive rebounding comes into the defensive player of the year. Um, yeah, I, that's how yeah. that's how Nick McGlynn won it a couple of years ago because he led the league in rebounding. I mean, it's just just really don't understand it. No, I don't, defensive rebounding should not play in a factor because we've seen before guys on our team, and it happens everywhere. There could be a terrible shot on offense. Some guy gets a wide open rebound, no one else around. It's not like he earned it. You know, you can just be gifted a rebound sometimes. I don't under that should definitely not play a factor in this. And looking at Ugok, nine blocks and only 15 steals. I mean, outside of the eye test, and you see he's 6'7, 225, he can guard one through five at least, that you're just saying that he deserves to be on there. But stats-wise, and we think in this kind of conference that stats would, you know, be the reason why some guys did. You mentioned McGlynn, yeah. He had blocks and even guys like Liam Robbins back then. But defensive rebounding definitely should not. I'm glad Clay made this list because, like I said, the eye test in terms of him, the impact that he has changed the landscape of that team. He's been – and, yeah, we, I remember talking about Prim – like he almost seemed like a foregone conclusion and he was doing great in the block department. I don't know how they couldn't reward him. Let me look at his blocks. He had 38 blocks. I'm sure that's one of the highest. He also had 25 steals for a center, which is really cool. Let me go look at Donovan. Donovan had, when we looked at his stats, his, he had 32 blocks and 20 steals. So a lot of these guys stats wise were way higher than a lot of others. But like I said, you, you watch clay play, he shut down Marcus both games. He shut down a lot of people around the league. I'm glad he made it. Lance, of course, was a unanimous pick for Yeah, Wilkins was surprising, Noah, because we've known Wilkins to be kind of a 3 and D guy, and he didn't really, outside of the six threes before, or the six points he had on us before he got hurt, I'm trying to think of the impact he would make on the other end. He didn't really stick out in that apartment. That was kind of shocking because then we think about guys like Sheldon Edwards who had a big gripe on Twitter that he didn't make it. And looking at his stats are incredible. And I think Edwards has taken the leap offensively to where people somewhat forget about his defense. And I think Valpo's probably allowed a lot of points this year. Um, but he's the best defender on that team. So I think you would give him the benefit and the stats on there. I think he got snubbed. Ugok and Wilkins shouldn't be on here, I don't think. Um, but no, Sheldon Edwards, you said Malevi Leons for sure. They were talking on March to the Arch that seemed like he was a unanimous pick. And I'm like, well – I mean, he, what they say he was <clears> – <throat> they said rebounds for him. Who cares? But ninth in blocks, that doesn't stick out at all. Like like I said, the eye test impact maybe. But, no, who, who else would you have put on this list? We know Tywon Pickford had a gripe. I looked at him. He played 15 games and had nowhere in the stats department. If he's banking on himself for the eye test, he's wrong. Uh, even Nate Heiss, people talk about Noah, had a nice impact on defense this year. Uh, who else would you have put in there? Would you say Wilkins and Ugok need to hit the road and then you'd add a couple or two others? I mean, U, I mean, Ugok, he gets the, he gets it because he on, he's on a great defensive team and he made it last year. So his name is out there. Um, but I would, I would have placed 
Wilkins with either Leon or Sturts, one of the two. Yeah, Sturts for sure. And I, what's weird is because if they give them the benefit with having a great defense, we had arguably just as or better defense this year. So it's like we should have somebody on there else, right? But no one else on defense for us really sticks out, honestly. It's like a team overall defense. So much deserved for Lance on that one. We aforementioned, we know AJ won player of the year. Uh, so we'll just go down the line or we'll go, we'll keep going down from first team down. No, first team, there was a surprise on this one, but other than that, four of the guys that deserved it did make it. AJ Green, Lucas, Isaiah, Engage Prim, Terry Roberts made it. No, that, like I said, that was a surprise. I had him in there at one point, like three weeks ago. I think it was when they were hot and he was leading the way before we had a little minor injury and then we beat them and they kind of just stayed in place. They didn't really improve. They didn't really decline. Uh, def- people and people are even talking about his teammate Noah being it over him, but I think they're definitely missing out on somebody. Who would you have replaced him with? Because, like I said, surprise a little bit on here. Yeah, I'd, I had Noah Carter on that as that fifth guy on that list. It was between him and Rink Mast, and uh, yeah, I mean, obviously Terry um, had a good year. That injury affected him a little bit. Um, but even his teammate had better stats throughout the year in the conference play than him. He, I mean, his teammate led them in points and rebounding. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly where the voters went with this one, but, um, I mean, it's not a big gripe. Obviously Terry's a great player and one, we can say it now, uh, he won newcomer of the year easily. So, um, it's well-deserved, I guess, but I, I thought he belonged on the second team. Yeah, I thought Noah Carter with the performance he put up and what he'd averaged 17 or 18 a game in conference. Like, even if I look on the ESPN app here, it has their overall, even counting non-con, but looking at solely conference, I bet, I mean, whether you know or not, or but what Terry had points per game in conference, I'm sure that was high enough to warrant it. I don't know if he, because he won newcomer, they put him on here. It's interesting. And I think that's where, you know, if it wasn't Noah, it was you know, Garrett or it was other players or Mast that it's almost like that fifth spot was up for grabs most of the season. You know, the four guys, the other four guys were cemented all year. Um, but yeah, it, it's surprising. And there's a little bit of a gripe, but I mean, what can, what can you do kind of, he, he is a great player. He had a great year and he's on a team. For, he's on, he's going to be co-leading a team that could very well go deep in the turn. We'll get to their matchup and all that, but that's the first team. Yeah. I had no on there as well. Second team, Noah Carter, Tucker DeVries. I think we picked him for third team. It would have made sense. Being freshman, averaging about 15 or so a game made sense, I think. Marcus Damas made this team. Uh, We talked about his – he led us in every stat outside of steals, and everything runs through him. He's on a sixth-place team. It helps him in that regard along with averaging 15 a game. Antonio Reeves leading the league in scoring. And then Sturts Noah. This is a high-powered, really good second team. Yeah, it's a it's a a lot of offense on that team. Um, I think Tucker. Yeah, you're right. I think Tucker should be on that third team. I I just think there's no way Rink Mass should not be. I thought. I mean, I I had him closer to the first team than the third team. I mean, it's just. I mean, the guy led his team in points and rebounds. He down the stretch. He um, him and Terry. I mean, it's surprising, but. Um, I would like to send the I'd, I'd like to see the 
the final like ballots and see how close the votes were or something. But um, I think Tucker, I mean, his name, obviously his dad's a coach in the league, so that could help, that helps him. But um, that's my only really little gripe for that one. Cause rink rink mask got screwed on this one. hundred percent. And even Antonio had a case for first, you know, in, in some kind of way for that fifth spot per se, he's probably on here a lot of, over time, you know, Noah and Sturt seem like perfect second-team guys. Noah, I feel like, elevated himself. Yeah, there's no reason Mass should be the third team. I mean, that was – that's probably the most surprising of all, how he gets screwed like that. Yeah, because Tucker's a freshman, I think he – in general, he should be replaced by Rink on that team. But then going to the third team. I mean, Mast, we can even ahead. say – we can even say um, without his last week – last two games that – because of his name, Marcus is on that second team or would have been on the third team probably no matter what because because of his name, um, even though his last two games were great, um, that pretty much cemented him on either team. Yeah, I mean, it would be either Tucker or Marcus that would be out of that. You're not taking the other three out. But if we're, if we're choosing Marcus over Tucker, it's Tucker leaving because – Granted, Tucker is on an overall better team. Marcus leads in every stat. I think Marcus would deserve it a little more because other than that, they're probably even in points per game. I think Marcus would have the edge on him, even if it's name related too. And I don't know if being coach's son would have – I think people just see him as the overwhelming best freshman and the impact that he could have. Uh, yeah, it'd be those two out there, but I'd give the edge to Marcus. It'd be Tucker going out, though, if we were picking one. But the third team, Mast, Cricky. Cooper Neese, who made a late push for this, and we picked him at the very end because that's it. He had a he was struggling at the very end of the season, but average around 16 or so. He was leading them in scoring for a long time. Braden Norris and Roman Penn. Oh, we said this, and this is also a gripe that those two don't deserve it over Lance. They're on better teams, but Braden Norris, I feel like, has been underwhelming. I feel Lucas has had to carry that team a lot. Chris Knight, we've talked about, should have maybe even deserved it more than Braden for this. And this is where name comes into play. I mean, Roman was picked, what, first or second team to start the year. Of, you know, so he, he's he got the name for him himself. And then Braden be on that team, like I said. Noah, those two did not deserve it over Lance. And, again, Norris probably didn't deserve it over his teammate, Chris Knight. You could probably flip coins and be nitpicky there. But what do you think? Yeah, I mean, both – if you look at both of their stats, uh, neither, neither compare to Lance. I mean, it's just – and we're we're being unbiased here. This is just not because Lance is on our team. We do his we cover his team, but um, it's just unbelievable that a guy that can average fifteen a game and two assists and three rebounds compared to guys that's averaging ten points a game. And uh, he always he his defensive he guarded the best player. They aren't guarding nobody. Obviously, Penn he had the injury um, that watered his season down he's playing through an injury but um yeah just it's just it's unbelievable a lot of a lot of fans were unhappy but like we said when this came out it just it's gonna add fuel to the fire and it's great that uh we get to lance gets to guard one of these two uh tomorrow yeah and we'll get to my preview drake you know, even a topic March to the Arch guys had about bulletin board. We'll try to just come up with our own in terms of going into this matchup where we're still seems like underdogs, which I guess in a sense, rightfully so. So we'll jump into that. But 
Yeah, and even his two steals. You said his stats there, and then his two steals. That's where his defense could help his overall, you know, view as a player making these teams. It, it it's utterly shocking, and um, those names definitely had it for those guys. Other fans were talking about it on Twitter, and even Robert Lance's dad weighed in saying, being his dad, I know him and his thoughts. If he doesn't come out Friday and play like the stud he is, it'll be a trick to it. And then he said, it is what it is. Lance will use this as motivation. Friday night he'll show up and show out along with his teammates. So, um, And Noah, we've talked about it. Lance is a big motivational confidence guy that this would be a chip on his shoulder. And even that's obviously our motto, keep your chip. And that's Lance has a new chip on his shoulder he could bring into this tournament. Granted, you know, at times it could be the death of us, but we're thinking that he would be smart enough and reasonable enough, we hope, to uh, play well and not do too much. Even in this game that we're going to mention later, he's playing a guy who made it over him. I think that would have a big impact. He might go into that game saying, I want to guard him and stuff, and he'll try to show out, which we're looking forward to that. Uh, Very disappointing. And then, Noah, the other ones on here, uh, what other ones? Go through some of the other ones that came out. Yeah, we have uh, yeah quickly uh, here uh, all all newcomer team. Like I said earlier, Terry Roberts is the all newcomer of the year. It's that was an easy one. Um, then on that all newcomer team, along with Terry Roberts, Chris Knight from Loyola, that's easy. Kobe King, what he did for Valpo, Cameron Henry, we know his impact for Indiana State. Then Tucker DeVries. Um, which some some people disagree with um, being on the all-newcomer team as a freshman. Yeah, there's a whole – we know Harry Schrader didn't vote for him at all because freshmen shouldn't be on all-newcomer, which I think is just dumb. Because if you're, if you're counting a guy you're like Terry who's going to be here for two years outside of a COVID counting, it's like, hey, you give it to a guy who's going to be here for four right away that would deserve it, who is a newcomer compared to a guy like that. Not saying, you know, just compare, comparing Terry. Terry's a bad example because he's newcomer of the year. But a guy like that, four years to two years or whatever, like if freshmen didn't count, they need to, to say that and do that. If people really fully disagree with that. And I don't know if that's the majority of what people think. I definitely disagree. If you play well enough, you need to be able to be a newcomer and count it as one. So I don't know how people can counter that at all. But the all-newcomer team is exactly what we predicted it to be. Kobe King getting in there with Cam Henry and stuff. Those guys showed out this year, score points for their teams. Uh, freshman team, Noah, obviously was, you know, try, good luck trying to figure out other guys. But we know we came up with the five, and it was the five that made it. Uh, Tucker, Isaac Haney, Missouri State, Connor Hickman, Bradley, Preston Rudinger, Valpo, and Blake Sisley having a late push for that as well, kind of unleashing him. Evansville did. We'll see him tonight. Uh, no, no gripes. So like I said, it's exactly what we had it as. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, uh, that last spot was coming down to Blake Sisley or uh, his late push over his teammate, Preston Phillips, who started most of the year for um, Evansville. But uh, his late push, and he's coming on pretty strong. Um like you said, we'll get to see him and uh, Preston tonight. So exciting to watch those guys. Uh, Preston um, was thrown into a starting role. Um, not Probably not a lot of people know this, but we've said it when we talked about Valpo. Preston Rudinger, he's a walk-on, and now he ends up on all-freshman team, thrown into Trevor Anderson's injury. He has to start as a walk-on. Um, it's really deserving for him, and uh, it's good to see 
um, him get rewarded for what he's done. And he's been hurt throughout the year too, a little bit. Right. We know he was banged up recently <clears throat> and even <clears throat> Valpo lost Diavaro. So if Rudinger is obviously in, in the fold, he's going to have to be a big part of the guards if he's not hurt and is playing tonight. Uh, and we know Troy obviously was probably one of the outside looking in along with Phillips. We wish Troy would have pushed for something like this and had a bigger impact. We know his spotty minutes here and there and then his performance at times, but he made a, he had a great Indiana state game and at times in that Drake game. Uh, so there's that Noah. And then a couple more here, all bench team Bowen born one six man of the year. He scored enough to warrant it. Like the ESPN app had him like, I don't know what, close to 10 for the season. I don't know. He's scoring, I'm sure around, it seems like 15 or so. Like I'd say 12 to 15. I'm not sure exactly. Scoring a lot though off the bench for them. That's, I think that's deserving uh, in the end, thinking about it scoring wise. The other guys have overall impacts like the rest of this team. Sheldon Edwards, who, what'd they say? He was the, what's that asterisk, the captain of this team? Yes. So that's shot. If Bowen Bourne was six man and he wouldn't be the captain, that's interesting. But Sheldon, the captain, Xavier Bledson, we've been saying, deserved to be in the running for six man of the year. And he's on this team, which is good. Excited to see him tonight as well. Bourne, Jalen Minette's been saying it. I hope he would have made this team because he scores. He's the best shooter they have. Uh, set, you know, Isaiah is a great shooter. Jalen Manette, great shooter, made this team scoring about however much. And then Schweiger had really bad stretches this year. We know he didn't play well against us, but he made late, late push at the end of the year. He, one of the leading scorers in that UNI game this past Saturday and even games before that. So he probably deserved that as well. No gripes there, I don't believe. And then no most improved team, Antonio, the captain, and he was, which means he was the most improved player of the year. Um, which no gripes there, really. I mean, he he exceeded. I mean, he, what do you say? He averaged twelve a game, and he entered the port, and he entered the draft waters. Like, oh, and then he just makes the overall eight points more jump this year. I'd say that's deserving. And then Edwards, Mast, Cooper Nice, which yeah, and then he'll get an extra year. We think we'll get into. I guess I guess that's the other guy, and then or the other player, and then Sturts making it as well. No gripes there. No, I'd say Noah Carter makes the case to be on this team as well. But what are your overall thoughts? Yeah, and obviously on that most improved team, um, Noah Carter would be that one that was probably left off, but all those um, really improved this year. Um, then on the all-bench team, a lot of gripe, and obviously the sixth man of the year, too. Um, Tank Hemphill left off because I guess he ended up – I guess he wasn't eligible for it, but uh, not sure exactly how they rule him out there. Um, I think he only started like three of Val three Valley games. So uh, out of 18, I don't think that's too big of a percentage. So um, that's only gripe there, but uh, all, all really deserving. Yeah. 100%. The impact on either newcomers or bench players or overall, it's been a great year as we've talked about. And yeah, AJ, it came down to, and Lucas had the third, the third least amount of first place votes for player of the year. Which rightfully so, I think he wouldn't have made it over the other two regardless, but we said whoever would – like if Loyola would have beat you and I on Saturday, who knows how that could play. I think if – you know, I think A.J. still could have got it, and even Mosley would have had a – it's interesting. If Loyola would have won and you and I – you and I winning cemented A.J. for that, uh, but those two were neck and neck for one and two, and A.J. is the second – I think – I don't I think they said seven, the seventh time a player has won – Two Larry Bird awards. No one's ever won it three times. Imagine that. 
but heck, if he if he ends up staying again, which he'll he should test the waters this year, AJ. If he comes back again, he'll give himself a even better chance with he'd be leaving and depending upon who would be added if he stayed, that he would win it for the third time, be the first one to do that. So interesting how you know a lot of these games at the very end of the season could have impacted a lot of some of these awards. It's interesting and some gripes and some misses, but a lot of hits and a lot of, like we said, even what we predicted was exact on this. So no, there's that Uh, jumping. I don't think there's anything else around the league wise. We know, or we know coach of the year will be what tonight, right? They'll have some Uh, kind of lunch and dinner. It'll be today. Yeah. 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 And we're, yeah, they have some kind of lunch, and they'll announce Ben Jacobson winning it. I, we would be utterly shocked if it's not him being first place, so it's really no discussion there. And usually there, it's good if there's some suspense for it, and some some years there has been, but, you know, it's not really worth talking about or no one's really mentioning it because everyone's saying it's Jacobson. So that'll be that today. Now, Noah, before we get into the tourney itself and our final predictions and even some odds going in a couple of days ago, I'm sure they've changed. Maybe, maybe not, but no, we get Drake for the third time, as we know, just playing them, I think helped us. In fact, that we were at their place on their senior day, playing them well, obviously digging ourselves a hole and coming back and not being able to finish the job sets us up well. And we talked about DJ Wilkins making that all defensive. He's not playing in this game. We, we found out and even, because Marshall the Arch pre-recorded theirs, and they were made, made their picks not knowing that DJ was going to be out for the year, which I think if anyone was following the game at that time or that day, it's a knee injury, he's probably not going to play. Like, it would have been, you know, like, uh, inevitable to know that he had a torn ACL, no, and that's what he has. Uh, so you take his defense and his shooting. Like I said, he was their first scorer the other night before he got hurt and didn't have an impact. Obviously, this is huge. And we'll dive into some other stuff here, even Garrett Sturt's talk to Rodney and even we'll just have anything that stuck out from Brian on in the doghouse, whether there was any, uh, but no, no Wilkins. I think we should start out with that, that it almost seems like we need to win this game. Now, before we jump into it, need to win this game because they already had a short enough bench. Now it gets even shorter. They rely on guys that are nowhere near the talent of DJ. And even when he got hurt though, I mean, they were fine without him, but Noah right off the bat, not having him could impact this game and should we need to take advantage of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you see, obviously, um, they had a big lead when he went out, but you've seen the second half. Um, he's definitely a difference maker. Um, he can carry you offensively. Um, but, yeah, definitely have to take advantage. Um, it's unfortunate. We always want to beat teams at their best, but um, now we have to take advantage of it. Yeah, definitely. We always say that. We want to. You know, it's something you got to take advantage of, and it's every, nothing that you can control other than, than you know, it stinks for Drake because people talk about how this was kind of their year, and even talking about when we get to our bulletin board, like Drake's bulletin board would be this the last time this group will be together because we've said how they're you know the oldest team in the country. It seems like that they want to have this last run, and DJ is going to come back next year. So that's it, just in terms of the other players that are leaving, all playing together and going on that run. It hurts them moving forward, even if they were to get past us. So um, definitely huge, huge impact there that, like I said, we need to take advantage of. No, this is our first matchup with Drake in the tournament since 2010, which is kind of shocking because, uh, I mean, yeah, it doesn't really ring a bell. We have obviously have no recent decade memory of playing them. 
it's interesting. And we know through the years they've been bad, just to, just like us. And, you know, they've had this stretch of the last two years. Last year they made the tournament, won a game, lost to, US, lost to USC. Yeah, they beat Wichita, I think. Going back to thinking of that game, I know it was really close. Yes, if we made the difference and won it. I think, was it a buzzer? Was it a late shot? Do you remember anything from that? Because that just hit me of how they won that game. Yeah, it was a late shot. Um, he he uh, he exploded, and that's uh, that's how he uh, his tournament run. Uh, that's how he ended up at Kansas. Uh, he just exploded. One, obviously, we knew he won six man of the year. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was it was a good run by them. Um, yeah, like you said, it's kind of bulletin board material for them if they um, could be our last chance together. Obviously. Um, if they wanted, I guess they could find a postseason tournament. Right. They'll give themselves a great chance for that. Uh, and even thinking about um, that they can't really catch a break this time of year with injuries. We know Penn and and Tank tried to come back and play in that USC game, and he was non-factor, and they ended up getting killed. They can't catch a break this time of year with him going hurt and going down now, so it's interesting. Uh so, yeah, first match of that. I don't know how the last time Drake won the tournament. I think it's been a while, uh, but I'm not exactly sure on that. No, I'll jump into – obviously, we just played them. There's not a whole lot else to go over. I mean, Wilkins thing is the biggest thing. No, anything else you want to add before we dive into some other stuff about this matchup, getting them twice in a row now? Yeah, it's uh, – obviously, we know, we know who we have to key in on. Um, we know the keys to the game. Um, but, uh, yeah, obviously – They've been to the championship. Um, I believe it was was it last year they went to the championship. Um, they've only won the tournament once. I think that was back in 08. Um, okay. So they've only won the tournament once, so, but they've been to the championship multiple times. But, yeah, they've had their down years, like you said. But, yeah, there's not – we know what to key in on. We know what we have to take advantage of now. And uh, we just got to – put a game plan together, which we know Brian Mullins is very good at putting game plans together. Yeah. A couple other stuff here before we get into what we think the team should do now that no Wilkins and what the lineup should be, maybe, and some other matchups we should take advantage of and who could even get up there. I'll read some of the other stuff here, get out their roster. And we'll talk about the other guys that could fill in unless they make their bench five or six deep. Uh, if they add maybe a couple on there. We are three and two against them in the tournament, though. Like I said, in that last meeting in 2010, we are two and three ever as the sixth seed in this tournament. Uh, I guess in that first game, and you know, we last time we won as a sixth seed was 2014. Would be you and I. Uh, no, and we haven't won a first round game, or you know, on Friday we haven't won a Friday game since a couple of years ago. We beat Alice Johnson's Missouri State, which was great. Um, we know, like I said, we've played so many close games outside of Loyola last year on Friday for those circumstances. Every other year before that, we've played like the Bradley first year of this era, played Bradley extremely well in that game. We loved that team and loved that game. And we remember the UNI that was uh, underwhelming UNI team that we should have beat that year and Barry's last year. And the Aaron Cook sequence, making a great shot. AJ scored on him, and then he tried to come down and win it by himself, and then we lost. We stormed out of here. Barry was getting booed, and we found out that was when he resigned. It was a crazy night. 
and a crazy weekend for us because we had that whole weekend booked and it was raining and we weren't able to go do things we wanted to do is it was a damper but we did end up going to watch Bradley winning on that Sunday so we've had some interesting uh you know occurrences in you know Arch Madness weekend but uh, now, no, let's dive into the matchups with no Wilkins. Now reading the, we know Jonah Jackson from John a set shooter. He's leaving after the year. Doesn't play a whole lot. He can maybe play, but who are some other guys that can make a difference? Maybe. Yeah, obviously um, not a lot of depth on this team. Obviously you just mentioned Jonah Jackson, who I think they said the, on the broadcast the other day, who eventually will become a uh, GA for them next year. Um, but Obviously, we know Io Inkinwale, um, who we were in on. Um, he can make a difference. He hasn't scored a lot this year. I think earlier in, in the non-con, his highest outing was against Chicago State with 14. Um, he can shoot the ball. We, I think he had a couple threes against us um, in the Bentera Center, but um, he's going to be key. He's got to step his up. Um but other than that, you haven't seen a lot of guys. Um, they got OK, who can – he's a – he can shoot the ball, but he's only played in 10 conference games, which he only averages like six minutes a game. Then I think we see Nate Ferguson a little bit at, when we played them in Carbondale. But, um, yeah, not a lot of depth. Um, I would see – I wouldn't see either of those two I just mentioned, but – a lot of minutes for everybody else. I mean, they're going to cut their bench. It's going to be seven seven guys playing. And that's where I'm trying to think if we should match – not match them with that little amount of people, but I was meaning to say extend our bench a little bit. You know, not play someone we haven't been. I'm not saying, you know, whether we'll see Anthony or not, doubtful. But we know he played well against Drake in the home game we had against him because we said Ferguson, yeah, could play. I think him and OK can play along with Io. I mean, Io is going to have to – we'll get into what their lineup could be even. I think OK, Io, and Ferguson could see a little bit of time depending. We know DeVries is a great coach, and he's going to figure something out. Uh, yeah, but thinking if, if – because all those guys will be playing tons of minutes that if we can – if we can – you know, outside of Marcus and Lance playing most of the game depending, uh, that we can have, you know, keep a lot of other guys fresh to have the advantage in that regard. I think that's where we'd have to take advantage. So, no, with no Wilkins, who would you say? Would you say Brody? Who started against us on Saturday, by the way? Was it was it Murphy, Tank, Wilkins? Or who Sturts was it? Tank didn't start. Okay, Sturts and DeVries, Roman, Murphy, and Wilkins. Correct. So then it'll be either Tank or Brody. So let's say let's say Tank starts – who do we match them with, or what does our lineup look like? Yeah, if Tank starts, I mean, I'd say we'll stick with our same lineup um, well, that we went with Saturday, which is Marcus, Dalton, Cash, Lance, Steven. Um, it'd be interesting. Um, I think you could, you could start Troy um, since you saw what good of minutes he gave us. Um, but, uh, also I think if you wanted to start JD and go with the mix of two bigs or small, um, you can match if you start, cause I think JD is good enough. He can slide his feet to guard a tank cause tank is not a threat outside. So 
Um, he, if we, if we wanted to do that, but I think we'll match small, but, uh, I think we'll roll with the same lineup we did Saturday, which is, which, like I said, Marcus Dalton, Cash, Lance, and Steven. Yeah. I think if that happens, cause now I'm thinking if they want to keep bringing tank off the bench, like he has been doing, and they had started Brody at times this year that they would end up starting Brody over him. Uh, you know, to give Tank scoring. Like like I said, you don't want to weaken your bench if it's Brody, and you don't want to fall kind of into our hands because even I'm sure they saw it, and we noticed it, that we didn't play as good whenever J.D. came in, and we did end up going big. We played our best, and we were small. But they would fall into our hands more if J.D. was able to just come off and match Brody. If J.D. started, it could be a, a change to the game it's somewhat – at the start, comparative Tank was in. I think they could bring Tank off the bench and we'll see Brody start. We can see JD starting again. It, I'm not really for sure on what that be, but those are what, what it could be. And we could see Iowa and Wale start. If they had Tank and Brody off the bench and Iowa start in place of Wilkins, and you have kind of, I don't know if they'll have two point guards out there, but that would also fall into our hands having Dalton out there, Dalton and Lance guarding Penn and uh, Iowa. That'd be. That so we I think we have favorable matchups here, obviously. And we know Murphy and Marcus will be guarding each other on both ends of the floor. Sturts will end up in Marcus as well. No, we saw Marcus score and do a decent job even on Sturts at times. And obviously he had got the best of Murphy most of the game outside of the final shot because he barely got time to hold the ball before we had to shoot it. Uh, we mentioned Troy. I mean, Garden, a lot of matchups in our favor here. Uh, what do you, what what matchup do you think we should expose the most? Yeah, obviously. Um, depending, we've seen uh, uh, Marcus have success. Um, they they threw a lot of bodies on him. Obviously, Murphy had the most success Saturday. But um, yeah, a lot of times, if if Sturts if Sturts or anybody else besides Murphy is on Marcus, we have to go to that. Um, but I think it's I think it's Lance Jones. I mean, I'd like to see him get downhill more. Um, then it can open up things for him outside and for everybody else outside. Um, get those paint touch decisions like everybody's been or he's been preached on all year long. Um, especially every I mean everybody paint touch. So um, I'd say Lance Jones in the. I mean, obviously Roman Penn's playing banged up so uh i think we need to attack and obviously the little the little now what happened uh him getting snubbed off that third team because of roman and uh Braden norris but uh, i i like the lance attacking roman pin because there's no dj wilkins all defensive team guy guarding lance anymore exactly i think that is that is the one i think so is, i think so too whether it's marcus taking advantage of where he was able to succeed the other night it is lance and along with it being on Marcus's shoulders, and we've talked about how Marcus, like we mentioned the interview that he had. What were you doing this past February? I was on a boot on a scooter watching. And he hasn't played since his freshman year. That's his chip on his shoulder as well. Um, yeah, you're right. Penn is a pretty good defender. They're overall a good defending team. But you take their best defender off, oh, my goodness. I mean, that's this this game is ready-made for us. And I, 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 DeVries, like I said, is too good to not have it prepared in a certain way. And having those guys ready to go, but like I said, there's there's just absolutely no reason why we shouldn't come out with a victory in this game. Uh, so we'll get to some picks and some dogs at some point here, and some final thoughts. But uh, no, we know what stuck out to you or think about Brian on the doghouse because I think they talked about. 
I haven't listened to it in a while and it was about 14 minutes. Just some things that stuck out or something that he said that they would have to do uh, or something or anything that stuck out to you in that interview he did in the doghouse. Yeah, um, it was a uh, – if you haven't listened to that yet, go check it out. It's worth uh, spending 14 minutes listening to that. It's always good. Um, seeing anybody – they do a Paxton guy and Mike Murphy do a good job on in the doghouse. But, yeah, they were just talking about um, how – what they need to take advantage of and uh, the, the Mike Murphy was impressed um, the other night, the run they made and uh, yeah, they just talked about things. Um, like you said, it's been a while since I listened to it. So I'm trying to think off the top of my head here. Yeah. That's a thing. But, uh, like it. And if we were to go over everything he said, just the things that stuck out, like cliche questions asked, cliche answers. Uh, but yeah, everybody go check it out unless you had something else there. No, I don't have anything. All right. So moving off of that, like it, it's again, it's stuff probably we don't already know. But no, this interview, the Garrett Sturts when that came out uh, yesterday, talking with Rodney, and it was everything that we've been talking about, Garrett. Um, well, one, he said that we were a really good team, which I think everybody says that. But everything that him being a walk-on, though, which is a big deal. He even said that how much, cause he was a scorer in high school. And as soon as he got here, that wasn't the case. And he was surprised that he played his first two seasons. They said he played 29 games his freshman year. And we've obviously remembered him over the course of that. We knew he was always that fifth or sixth fiddle, even back then or fourth or fifth. Now he's top three fiddle on this team. And even he said the impact that he's had to make, you know, and whether it's cutting, whether it's, Diving on the floor, this, the effort plays that we know he does. It's exactly what he said that he did. No, and the cuts that he makes killed us the other day, and that's something that we could see tomorrow night for sure. What else stuck out to you with that? It was good to hear from Garrett. Yeah, it's uh, his story is pretty amazing. Um, having to uh, um, kind of amazes me how a guy that scores thirty four a game in high school his senior year ends up having to walk on at Drake and. Uh, just crazy to think about you scoring 34 a game in high school and getting no no kind of interest from anybody. Obviously, his his body at 6'3", um, he doesn't look like he could score. Like, if you if you walk – he looks like a guy that's going into your local YMCA and just getting buckets um, type of guy. Um, but being from Iowa, like we've talked about a lot of times um, – guys want to stay stay home and play for those teams um which in illinois you don't see a lot um from anybody from wanting to stay home obviously we've seen a couple guys do that but his story is pretty amazing yeah i'd say in illinois the only ounce of what it's chicago how the ties of everybody's chicago that they have with chicago keeps them in the state or keeps them in that area uh but yeah garrett it, it is it's incredible and he even said or Ronnie asked him, if I told you this is what your career is going to end up being, you know what? And he'd say, you're lying or he wouldn't believe you. That, that's the cliche as well. But arguably from his point of view, it's the case. And yeah, uh, I forgot what town of Iowa they said he was from, but just the fact that, yeah, he did mention his size and stature. That's like, where can I go? Kind of. So you stay in state and you walk on a place and you end up having a legendary career, arguably. And we know he could have a, he could come, he's going to come back and play again next year. So it's just a pain that he has been, but those are the guys, those are the glue guys you want on your roster. Those are glue guys you want in every kind of sport, especially basketball. 
to help you succeed. And he even talked about Wilkins being hurt on the person and player that he is, the impact that he could have. They're going to miss him. But he says just kind of a next man up kind of deal. And like I said, he gave some flowers to us. And I mentioned the cuts. That's the biggest thing you got to watch with him is the way he can cut and finish around the rim. And his and he even said, if you look at a stat sheet at the end of the game, what sticks out to you most? And it's always that he always looks at offensive rebounds. So I hope that our team, our team already knows a lot about him, I would say. But if you listen to that interview, it's everything he said, you write down and say, we know this is the case already. But him definitely saying it himself, we got to make sure he doesn't do any of that. So uh, a phenomenal player. We know the hard hat thing that he got going there. We're going to see a lot of hard hats tomorrow night, which will be fun. And we mentioned the seating arrangements. We'll be sitting right behind them, apparently. It'll be interesting to see if people venture out to different parts of the seating. but. Um, I'll get some things that people should know if they don't already know about, you know, what to expect on Enterprise Center. I'll read off Noah, but let's get into when we know who the dog should be going into tomorrow night. And we mentioned this is the this is the pod we'll have before the game. Clearly, if we win or lose, if we win 100 percent, we'll have a pod arguably tomorrow night, late or really early Saturday. Uh, even if we lose, we might have a recap, and then we'll talk about you know things going into the offseason. We're expecting to win, hopefully. But, Noah, like I said, we know the top two guys of who should be dogs in this game. But uh, anyone else, or would you stick to the main guys? Who should come to play that we hope tomorrow night in this game? Yeah, Mount, obviously we have our two stars. Um, but obviously he's been good for us through, through the stretch of good play. Um, you can say Cash Coupet, he has to hit at least his average, if not more. I think, um, when he won newcomer, he, newcomer of the week, it was what 18 a game. I mean, if he could hit, if he could hit that average, um, I like our chances winning this game, but, um, uh, yeah, I, I, I believe in those first three, but I think it's, it's got to be that fourth or, and we got to have that fourth guy. If it's Steven, obviously he hit big shots. Um, the other day at Drake hitting some couple threes in that second half in, in on rally to come back. Um, but obviously it, it comes down to the two stars. Obviously we trust them, expect them to come play, but um, he has a chip on his shoulder now. And obviously his motivation, we know he's there. His dad even says it. Um, I, I think it's, it's a big game from Lance Jones that gets this done. Yeah, and even like like we've said that hopefully it wouldn't be too too much and forced to where it would cost us. But I think he can manage. He's always played well. We know he was killing Bradley before he got hurt, and even he led us in scoring his freshman year in the in the tournament. So he loves the big moment, as we know. And obviously, those two have to play well for us to win. Clearly, yeah. But if we can have if we can have all these guys get their averages, you said Stephen, we got to have good shooting. And I think that's exactly what we did. Obviously, in our comeback against them the other day. Cash and Steven have to be able to get open, make shots. There are two best shooters. They have to be, have to get there in cash. We've said 15 points away from a thousand, whether he even knows that or cares about it. Don't force you get everything you have been doing to earn that newcomer of the week with those 18 points. It's, it's just a group effort. We mentioned 40 minute game. Are we going to get a 40 minute game at any point of this season? We haven't. How about if we get it in this game when it matters most and when your season is on the line, I think Dalton sh- should have a bounce back. No Wilkins, that means you know he matches up with Akinwole perfectly regardless. And a lot of these other guys. Dalton has to come up huge and finish. And J.D. 
and or Kyler. I'd say JD more than Kyler will come in and guard Brody, depending upon if JD gets in foul trouble. That those two are going to have to be huge. Troy's going to have to be exactly what he was the other night: play hard, play smart. Even Brian said that he's just he had to. He's been doing everything perfect and has to just keep playing smart. Trent, defend. Obviously, make your threes. Don't. I mean, he, his foul trouble has been an issue lately. And, and if Anthony makes him, Anthony plays well against Drake. I don't know. Doubt we see him. We just have to have an overall group effort, one hundred percent. So, no, I'll get your final thoughts here in a second. Uh, if, any, if anybody doesn't know, tomorrow the mask policy and everything to enter, you must show proof of vaccination or a negative COVID nineteen test within seventy two hours of the game, and masks are required inside Enterprise Center. Um, and then the bag policy, if you have a bag, there's no bag policy, blah, blah, blah. But the biggest thing is the COVID thing. If you're not vaccinated, have the test. If you are, show proof and then wear a mask. That's main things to know for this. And we mentioned, I'm pretty sure it's uh, the team send-off at the Hilton in St. Louis is about 6.30 before our 8.30 game. And there's a shuttle and everything, Ballpark Village. Uh, and obviously that's where they're having, I'm pretty sure, didn't they say today, or they're having something for those games tonight shortly at Ballpark Village. That's the place to be. But other than that, if you want to go to the to the Hilton and cheer on the guys, which Noah, didn't you say us and Drake are in the same hotel? So they're gonna be a mix matching, or I think the Arch and the March guy said that a mix matching of uh, fans in there cheering as they both leave for the game. No, it's the Matt name. We'll be saying, I mean, I'm nervous now. And even being nervous going into all day tomorrow, watching the games leading up to ours, the suspense will be through the roof. No, give me your final thoughts before the biggest game of the year. Yeah, obviously, um, I mean, Marcus said it after the last week's game. They they expect to come to St. Louis and win three games in three days, and uh, not I'm not I don't I don't expect them to do that. But I wouldn't be shocked the way this team is starting to play. And well, we know what they're capable of if they play a forty minute game. Um, but yeah, obviously the with the injury now, it's a we must take advantage of that. Um, gotta gotta use this opportunity to get to Saturday. Um, you gotta you gotta get to you gotta get to Saturday to have that chance to win three three games in three days. But yeah, obviously, um, I'm nervous as well. I mean, this is a big game. Obviously, here we are. Um, we're gonna be sitting there. Obviously, we're going up there and watch the Knights games, but. Um, we have to watch all the games and see what unfolds before us. And if if madness happens, like Arch Madness does happen, it just puts more. It'll make me even more nervous if something else happens that puts us in favor to maybe getting to Sunday or something like that happening. Obviously, uh, that would be the one that would make me most nervous is if if Valpo or Evansville knocks off Missouri State somehow. Yeah. Obviously, we've seen Missouri State. They don't always show up all the time. And obviously, uh, I guess the best matchup for them that out of the Valpo and Evansville, Evansville's gave them the most fit. So, um, but I think Valpo would be the team to knock them off if that's capable of happening. Um, but obviously, yeah, it's going to be a good weekend. Um, I've said it all year. I just want to get to Saturday. That, that makes me happy because um, I've said next year would be the year that we could probably get it done. But, um, that was before we added Belmont and Murray State, and we know what those teams, those programs are capable of. But um, yeah, it's going to be a good weekend, um, big opportunity. 
um, to get, well, I mean, this, this, this program belongs to be, um, I just want to get to Saturday where they shut the lights off during the, during the lineup announcements. Um, just to see that again, it'd, it'd be fun. It's been, it's been too long. It's been way too long. And, and what we've been saying, what coach has been saying, hot at the right time. And I think what makes us most nervous, honestly, is the fact that there's no Wilkins. And to a point, to an extent, we'd agree that's the pressure. There was really, there's pressure on everybody to win, but there's no, there's pressure on Drake for being a three seed, finally getting over the hump. The Wilkins injury changes everything because now the pressure almost comes to us. It's like you are expected with a deep, healthy team, the team that you've been playing with all season should go in there and take advantage of a good team that's losing a key player. And whether everything else plays out or not, that's where the, you know, for us fans, whether the players know or care about what else happened. I think if, if it, let's say a noon or the two o'clock or whatever game happens and there's upsets that the, the team obviously will know about it or something. And it's always the case. We know as soon as you and I went down two years ago, everybody knew about it. And it was kind of a, Ooh, like weight on the shoulders, like let's get this done. And if that happens with us, I think, I think we could be okay. And I, I think we can play well, it, it, especially now you have to, but like I said, in the past, we haven't really not playing well outside of, you know, getting killed last year. And so there is that pressure and that's why we feel most nervous. Now we saw the fan bases. I, I think we're going to have a humongous fan base. And that's what Brian said is that it helps everybody getting off work. And we've, and this is obvious getting off work and going to watch. That's why eight thirty is the best. And the, you know, the matinee, that's what you want. Like I said, we haven't won as a six seed in eight years. And this is the matchup we want. And if, if Missouri State gets bounced, that'd be great. So it's all a matter of playing out. We're excited. 8.30 tomorrow, like we said. If, if we win or lose, we'll have one tomorrow night to recap or Saturday early to recap going to the offseason or preparing for the next game. Uh, and we'll be tweeting, obviously, throughout. We'll, we'll be there, like we said, all weekend. If you see us, say hi, blah, blah, blah. But we'll be there. Um, along with everyone, other Saluki fans. It's going to be an incredible weekend. I think there's going to be rain in the weekend. That won't matter. In terms of if you're going there and what you plan on doing, it could, it could factor in. But it's, it's going to be so much fun. This is the time of year we've been wanting and excited for, and we're here. So we know we have a chance. I actually know real fast the odds. Uh, we saw it. I think I liked it, unless you have it. John Rothstein had it a couple it. days ago. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, obviously um... – Kind of surprising with their uh, draw, but uh, um, Loyola is the favorite at plus one thirty. That's almost even money odds. Almost um, that's that's surprising to me. Uh, then right behind them, you and I in Missouri State at plus four ninety. Um, Drake is at plus five hundred. Right behind them, Bradley plus seven hundred. Then Warrior at plus nineteen hundred. A lot of value there if you want to take a chance on us, put some money on us. Um, then behind us, I mean, Evansville has the worst odds at plus 50,000. So if you think Evansville can make that run, you'll a ton of value there, ton. Yeah, the gap between Loyola and you and I is shocking. That is a big gap. Um, Missouri State and you and I the same. I love Missouri State in this tournament regardless Unless they get knocked off and they don't show up. So that, Noah, that segues me into what we haven't done yet quickly. But if you were to think of an upset of any Thursday night team upsetting anybody, who would it be? 
Yeah, I'm going to. Who do you have in these games? And then maybe you have one of those teams that can knock off one of the top two. Yeah, I'm going to say uh, it's going to come from the eight nine matchup. I think obviously, um, but I'm going to roll with I'm going to roll with Illinois State. I mean, they have the the league's leading scorer. Um, I think if he would if he were to explode for a 35 point game, um, and if they get hot, we've seen them get hot. Um, got hot last weekend. Um, they got guys capable that can knock down shots, and uh, they could probably give you and I a fight. Um, they got a good one tonight, though. Um, I'd say I'm gonna go with Illinois State and Antonio Reeves. Yeah, I've been flip flopping on this game. I think Indiana State provides a lot, and they have scoring. They have honestly more spread scoring person, like with Cam and Cooper, than even Antonio carrying. And we know Kendall Lewis can go up. Josiah Strong was good. They're honestly two perfectly matched teams. And honestly, I would give the edge to Illinois State because of Antonio. I wouldn't be surprised. It's going to be a really close game. I'll give the edge to Illinois State as well. And a lot of people's guts have wanting them to pick Evansville, and I can understand. And whether whether Valpo and Evansville played each other, this will be, what, the third match of the last four games or two of the last three or something. So I talk about a team that knows each other really well at this point. Depends on Kithier's health, but I think Valpo would have the star power enough to – do enough against Evansville. We don't know the status of Jaquan Newton either. So they're kind of, you know, along with Sheldon Edwards' impact with Taylor and Cricky and King, I think that could overpower Evansville. What do you think? Yeah, I think uh, I want to pick Evansville. I was I, I, I want to pick Evansville bad, but I think uh, Kobe King and Cricky is just too good. And like you said, Sheldon Edwards and, uh, yeah, I think Valpo's just got too much talent. I mean, they got they got a talent. I mean, they if they wanted to, Cricky, and if Kithier is healthy, I mean, those two could maybe give Prim fits on Thursday. But, yeah, I think Valpo is going to win that one as well. So that will lead us to the next games. Uh, I think you and I will beat whoever that is, whether it's Illinois State or Indiana State. Uh, and I think all these will be close. And, Noah, I mean, okay, go ahead and pick who you would have in that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going with you and I as well. I mean, um, I think uh, – I just remember um, last time A.J. Green won player of the year, they got knocked off. I think they'll be ready to play. Yeah, and they're riding momentum and even March of the Arts guys was talking about did they peak. Not really from a fatigue standpoint, but from, a, you know, you did – but you did everything you could to do this. It's now was that your best right there. So we'll see. Anything can happen. Indiana State and Illinois State can both get high, and then it could be over. Uh, but you and I was the highest scoring offense this year. So, no, Loyola Bradley, two hard-nosed fan bases. Like we've said, two of the probably most annoying fan bases, arguably. This is the last time we could, we'll could we see Loyola in this tournament. And we've talked about if the fans will be against them. And we know they'll bring a big fan base with their scarves or Harry Potter scarves and all that such. I wanted, I don't really want to pick against them. I think this is their time of year regardless, but it is Bradley's as well. So that's where this game could be great. Close game. I'll give the edge to uh, Loyola. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of – there's going to be a lot of – I hope uh, I hope there's an MVC chance going. Um, a lot of fans against uh, – I think uh, it's going to be a true road game, just like Drew Valentine said. Um but yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to pick against them. Obviously, Brian Wardle knows how to get his guys ready in St. Louis and play good and get to the championship a lot. But um, I just don't see any way Loyola losing this one. It's crazy because 
they're they're fired up. I mean, they took the overtime and they blew it with Lucas sitting on the bench to start overtime. They arguably could have won that one and been the first seed. They got a chip now with being the four. And we mentioned those also guys on the other pod were talking about chip on the shoulders that Bradley could have. You can have A-10 on the board and say, these guys are leaving. Let's send them out early. So that game will be so much fun. Uh, both have Loyola. So Loyola and you and I rematch. We'll get to that. Uh, Missouri State Valpo, as we just talked about it, they could provide tough matchups for each other. I think this will be a close game, depending upon Kithier, but the big three against Valpo could give them a big four, counting Sheldon, and a big five if you count Kithier, against Missouri State, who can be hit or miss. I'm going to take Missouri State, but it's going to be a really close game, I would hope. Yeah, we hope – well, we're going to hope for a close game, but I think it could be one of those – in the last five or six minutes, they pull away. Missouri State will. I'm going to go with the Bears. Too much Isaiah Mosley. Yeah. And then and then our game. I mean, I, I think it's tough because we talk about how we should win this game. There's no reason why we shouldn't. Even if Wilkins was playing, we would think we have a really good shot. But now that he's not, I think that just does it. I think we, we have to come out with this win. No, I think we will. Yeah, I mean, we obviously were riding a lot. Obviously, both teams were riding a lot of momentum. We obviously seen what's happened in the prior two matchups. Um, we got, I, I think we got to win this game. Um, um, I might have a lot of Saluki fans booing me through their phone right now, but until until we beat one of the top four teams, um, I'm going to go with Drake in this one, edging us out. It's going to be like I said, a dog fight, like every game is for us. But until we beat a top four team, um, I can't pick us. So I'm going with the Drake Bulldogs. Probably a lot of booing through people's phones right now, but that's all right. You say until we beat a team, but obviously this would have to be the time we have and we beat. You know, obviously Bradley's not top four. We didn't. And that's where we say the bulletin board, 0 and 8 or 0 and whatever. That's our, that's our bulletin board material to finally get over that hump along with obviously Lance's own bulletin board material. That is ours. Um, yeah, it just, we, we just have to, it's a perfect opportunity, but there's that Noah, but then let's quickly just have that game. If I have us moving on, I think we'll lose to Missouri States. And what do you think if you're having a, if, if Drake does move on and they play a really good Missouri state team and Missouri state swept them this year, which they swept everybody on this side, but they swept Drake. Who would you have in that game? Missouri state. Right. So, and then the other side, a rematch, Loyola, you and I. I, I think I would love a Loyola Missouri State Championship. I think that's what I'm going to do. I think Loyola is ticked. The first, they take them to overtime at their place, and then they killed them, though, the first match of those two had. I think Loyola is a better team. I'm going to have Loyola go in the title. Yeah, I'm going to go a lot of chalk for me here, but I'm going to go with you and I. Um, I think A.J. Green and Noah Carter can get the job done one more time. Yeah, if Loyola steps up their defense, it'll be interesting. And then Loyola, Missouri State. Hmm. On the spot, thinking about the matchup, if Lucas can hone in on Isaiah, who had been had been struggling, he, then he dropped 33 and then he dropped 20. I just – I don't know. I feel like if Missouri State gets on a roll, they can win it. And this would help Loyola's at large, as we know. If they, got, if they lost to you and I in the semis, they're already on the bubble. It could hurt them badly. If Loyola makes it to Sunday, beating the regular season champion, it would help them, and I think they would end up getting an at-large to an extent, depending upon how the whole other country plays out. 
Ooh, I think Loyola will hone in and beat Missouri State in a close game. I hate picking Loyola being a last year. I just Ooh. think I just think I think that they as a full team and the the depth that they have, Schwiegers coming along, the impact some of those guys can have. And if they hone in like we think Bradley will or all these teams would, I think they'll win it. But Missouri State, I want to pick as well. But coin flip, but I'll end up landing with Loyola, unfortunately. Yeah, I, I have you and I and Missouri State in the championship. Um, I'm going to roll with the Bears. I think I'm Isaiah Mosley and Gage Prim, um, obviously. Um, this is this is the thing that's holding Dana Ford back from getting a bigger job. I think he has approved to get over the hump, and I think this is the year he does it. Yeah, especially with those two leaving after this year, potentially. That we mentioned Mizzou. Mizzou would be a perfect spot for Dana, and I and I would leave if I got the job after this year. But yeah, put him on the map for sure with all these other ones, and that would ruin a lot of uh, bubble teams. As chances are going to be Missouri State making it in. We know I think they're projected NIT, and we know all these teams, even counting us, could have postseason opportunities. But it's all that plays out on this weekend. So those are the odds. Those were our picks. Like we said, looking forward to it. 8.30 tomorrow. We will come to you guys after the win or loss recap. Imagine it after, after a win. It'd be incredible, the atmosphere for the weekend, for our sake, the late game. Getting out of there past 10 o'clock with a win would be great. It'll be a close game. Hopefully cannot dig ourselves a hole, obviously, and I expect to play well, so we'll see. So looking forward to it tomorrow night with every other Saluki fan. I'm Nick Malone. No lurch. This is the Dogs Basketball Podcast, headed to Arch Madness. Looking forward to it. Go Dogs.